Sobek doesn't pride herself. She's just humble. And God has opened her eyes. And I want God to open my eyes, don't you? I also want God to open my ears. When I was traveling in Denmark once, I began to hear echoes in my head. And it became so irritating that I talked to the people and I said, I, I got to deal with this. And they, they sent me to a doctor. The doctor looked at my ears and he almost laughed. He saw a ball of earwax uh, about that big. And so he said, now we're going to take care of that. He went in with a water gun and he just shot it and it, it came out. Mosquito. <laughs> it came out and no more echo you know there are there are things that can keep you from seeing things that God wants you to see and from hearing things that God wants you to hear can you think of anybody in the Bible that they couldn't see what they should have been seeing Elisha Elisha. Okay, Elisha had a servant who went outside and saw a huge army surrounding the city. The Aramean army was surrounding him. He went inside and said, we're dead meat to Elisha. And Elisha said one sentence. What did he say? Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes, Lord. I'd like to be in touch with it like Elijah. I, I don't want to panic in a situation like that. Oh, my. He said, open his eyes, Lord. And so he walked outside again, and what did he see? He saw an army. Do you know how strong angels are? <laughs> Have you read in the book of Revelation what one angel will do in the whole earth? One angel could take care of every army on the face of the earth, and he saw the host of heaven lined up. And he said, I guess we're okay. I, I, I guess we're okay. Can you see, think of anybody else who didn't see and he should have been seeing? Balaam. Funny story. <laughs> Funny story. What was happening there, Margaret? Remember? He was going to, um, I don't remember his name, a king to actually curse Israel, right? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> There's more than one jackass in that story. There's more than one who is really a fool. He had his eyes closed and he was defying the Lord. And he was he was doing his own thing. God was angry with him and put an angel in the way. And he didn't see it until God opened his eyes. My, I, I don't want God to have to do something to me. Say, Paul, you open your eyes. You don't even see. 
You know, Paul prayed that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. Can you think of anybody in the New Testament where Jesus spoke to them? They didn't see, they didn't hear. The disciples, more than one occasion, come on, open your eyes. They didn't, they didn't see the harvest. You say there's four months until the harvest. Lift up your eyes. They, were, they hated the Samaritans, and so they couldn't see the harvest that was about to take place in a matter of minutes. They were starting to come in, be harvested, the Samaritans. Jesus had to send them off to get hamburgers because they were not willing to participate in it. So he was doing his thing. And then they come back and they say, wait a minute, did somebody give him lunch? He's already eaten. He said, I got, I've got food to eat that you don't know about. And he was, he was taking in the, the will and the word of God and satisfying himself with the plan of God to save a city of Samaritans that they hated. They couldn't see it. Pharisees couldn't see. He said, you think you see, you're blind. I think you can hear your death. So I want to just talk about open the ears of my heart, Lord. Open the ears of my heart. I want to hear you. I used to hear that prayer was two-way communication. Have you ever heard that? Prayer is two-way communication. I used to hear it. I just didn't know of anybody that believed it. I was raised in a Christian home, but I didn't know much about hearing God. I went through college. I went through seminary. I didn't know of anybody. If you said, who, who believes that? I don't know if I could have told you anybody because I never experienced it. And then I started praying with somebody who believed it. And so part of the time, we prayed every day for 10 years, except on weekends. And... He would write things down as we prayed. And I didn't know, I, at first I just didn't know what he was writing down. I figured he was writing something down, don't forget to bring the milk home, or, you know, something really important. And that might have been what it was. But he was, I found out that he was listening, and he then told me I could listen to and I could hear. I could learn to hear God's voice. And I, if you ask me what's one of the most special things of my life outside of being filled with the Holy Spirit, I put that way at the top of the list. Learning to hear from God. Learning to hear His voice. Did you know that God speaks? Mm -hmm. Some people think that He's spoken, so this is the only way He speaks. And this is a wonderful way that God speaks. We're going to open the book in a minute and see that God speaks through the book. But like, I don't know if John Paul or, or Rick said at our, our conference, he said, you know, if you said to your wife, guys, uh, get married and say, you know, uh, I'm not going to uh, speak to you, but I've got a document here, a marriage document. You can refer to that if you want to, and that will tell you everything you need to know. That would be wonderful, but that ain't enough. My wife, she's called twice from Japan. Now, it's wonderful to hear her voice and the Bible says these sheep hear his voice and he wasn't just talking about that time he's talking to us today you can hear his voice and I want to talk to you just a little bit about hearing God's voice and I want to build your confidence that you can 
and that you will. Does that sound okay to you? Yes. Hear his voice so that you can have confidence in his guidance, so that you can experience his presence, so that you can know he's with you, and that he's speaking to you for other people as well. It's not just for yourself. It's for other people. Physical problems impact our ability to see and to hear. Spiritual problems impact our ability to hear with the heart. Like That can sure block it, can't it? You know what it says about unforgiveness? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The communication is broken. If I have hardness of heart, today when you hear his voice, so if God speaks to you tonight, I pray that you'll have your heart open to hear, to receive, and to let his voice touch you and impact you. We'll come back to spiritual problems. What is it hardest to hear? It's hardest to hear when God isn't talking. And sometimes sometimes God doesn't talk. Sometimes God doesn't talk because you're doing okay. And if He's not saying anything, He might be saying, hey, you're okay. Things are okay. And I wish Jerry understood that when he was praying for God to lead him with regard to whether he should marry this woman. He was really in love with her. And she was in love with him. And she was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But somebody had told him, be sure that you have the Lord's perfect will. And it scared the daylights out of him. It paralyzed him in fear. And he wanted to make sure because he didn't want plan B for his marriage. And he was told that it's possible to get plan B. Let me tell you, if you have a heart for God, there's no plan B. Period. There's no plan B if you have a heart for God. There is if you have a hardness of heart and you don't care what God thinks about your life. Then there is a plan B and you'll get it. But if your heart is soft, even if you make mistakes, we're not talking about infallibility of hearing God. We're talking about having a heart that's soft toward Him and wants to hear His voice. There's no plan B. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of making a wrong decision. I wish Jerry would have known that if God was silent, sometimes he's saying, go ahead and do what your mind says, because you have a, re a renewed mind. You have the mind of Christ, and you can make decisions. And the fact that God is sovereign doesn't keep us from the joy and the responsibility of making good decisions. We can make decisions. We can make them. That doesn't mean we, we, we throw out counsel from other people. That doesn't mean we don't read the Word of God. But as we pray and listen, times God is silent because he's saying, go ahead, Paul. Do what you need to do. He didn't, and she ended up marrying someone else. I've heard stories like that before. It makes me sad. Need to know. Sometimes God's silent because it's okay. No, things are okay. Sometimes He's silent because we're in a place of disobedience, and He's kind enough not to give us something else that we're going to disobey. My friend Major Tom Hemingway, who's now in heaven, he said as a major in Vietnam that if I saw a guy who was disobedient, I would not put something else on him. Because I, I figure he, I would just make it a worse situation than it already was. So sometimes God is silent because he's just pushing his 
hand down upon you. He's not, he's not directing. He's disciplining you. And he wants you. David says, my, uh, oh, your hand was heavy upon him. My strength was dried up by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledge my iniquity. And then he, God could direct him again. Second, when God is talking and we're not listening. There are times when Israel wasn't listening. It's, oh, if they would have listened, I would have spoken to them. He says in Jeremiah 23, verse 21 and 23, <clears throat> I did not send them, but they ran, and they gave their own messages. If they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my name to my people, and they would have repented from their sins. You listen to God. You, you are willing to obey what he says. <clears throat> and then you get God's results. The third time is when obstructions keep us from hearing. <clears throat> Matt, you said earlier, I can't remember what it was, but I almost spoke up then. I wanted to say I'm speaking on that tonight. There are things that can keep us from hearing that are messages that we're already hearing that aren't true. And that we need to disavow ourselves from those messages. What are some of those messages? Anybody, anybody hearing that message just last week? You're not good enough. Raise your hand if you heard that message just last week. Boy, that's a, that's a big one. You're not good enough. That's a, that's a terrible message. It's also a lie. God takes ordinary people and He does wonderful things with them. What's another message? Okay, you blew it. God's going to leave you. Or he's punishing you for something you did when you were 13. Does that sound anything like God? Does that sound anything like a good father? You know, it's not hard for me to forgive my kids. It is not hard. It is easy. When they come to me, and they say, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Somebody did today. And you know what I did? I said, yeah, you shouldn't have done... No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, I forgive you. When I borrowed my dad's car as a high school senior, I think, we were driving at home, and I was dropping off some people and I pulled into the driveway. I didn't do well. Scraped it along a white, metal, metallic fence. And my friend Johnny jumped out and said, It doesn't look good, Paul. <laughs> and I said, Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> and I brought the car home. And I went inside. And I said, Dad, I'm sorry. I messed up the car. Here's what he said. He said it's bound to happen sooner or later. And he didn't go out and look at it. 
How do you think that made me feel? I'll, I'll tell you how it made me feel. It made me feel more important than metal. It made me feel loved. So I remembered that when one of my kids creamed our car. <laughs> I said, it's okay. <coughs> Glad I remembered it, because I, I didn't feel that way right off. <laughs> it's really easy for God to love you and to forgive you. He loves you and He likes you. He likes to spend time with you. And if you are hearing bad messages, it's hard for you to hear, because those messages will interpret the messages from heaven that you get. They'll reinterpret. It goes through the sieve of your own personal experience or your own failures or your own father wound or whatever. So I want to stop and before we talk a little bit more about hearing God and how we can do it, I want to pray for any of those messages that you will rise up and say, It's a lie! so that you'll disabuse yourself of those things and you won't uh, so easily embrace those that aren't true, okay? Let's stop and pray. Father, we want to hear the truth. We want to hear those things that matter and we don't want to trip over those things that record player that's played in our mind. Please, please, heal us. I pray that people who need to forgive would forgive so they're not blocked by resentment. I pray that people who have been victimized would be able to forgive those people that have hurt them, said unkind things about them. I pray, Heavenly Father, that, that you would uh, release us from the lies that we have embraced. Just say something that says you agree with this. Just say something out loud. Just say, okay, I'm with you. Amen. Yes, that's important. I agree. Lord, thank you. When Samuel was weaned by his mother, she gave him to Eli to be mentored by this old priest who had a lot of problems. But he had one thing right. And that is that when Samuel, as a boy, we don't know how old he was. He may have been six. He may have been ten. He heard a voice one night. And he thought it was Eli. And so he ran into Eli. And Eli said, it wasn't me. Go back to bed. How many times did this happen? It happened three times. I think that might say something about Eli, that Eli wasn't hearing real well. But Eli, after the third time, said, okay, I think I know what's going on. 
the next time if you hear the voice say what speak Lord your servant is listening I want to say three things about what Eli said to talk to you about hearing God the first is about what Eli didn't say Eli didn't sit him down and say okay this is how you hear from God if you want to hear from God this is the way you do it would someone want to write a book on the healing techniques of Jesus <laughs> Everyone is different because there's no technique. There's no formula. There's no formula for hearing God. If I give you a formula, the problem would be that you might try it. And you might try it because you need guidance on something. And you're not living in a relationship with God necessarily. You don't, but you need to know in this situation. You really need to know. So let's try the technique and see if it works. I'm not real good at technique. I wasn't really good at running these things off tonight. I would, I would be in a real bad situation spiritually, and I still struggle a lot, but I'd be in much worse if hearing from God were a technique because I'm not a high techie. Some of you are. Anybody like me here tonight? They're not real high techie. Did I tell you about what I did in Canada? Did I tell you? I missed it. You missed it? I'll tell you. They gave me a card from my room. I, I checked in. Did you hear that? And uh, so I went up, put my bags away, 17 flights of stairs. Big conference. Uh, went up the elevator, came down, had breakfast, went back up, took the key out, put it in. It didn't work. Went down 17 flights of stairs, went to the front desk, and I said, my key doesn't work. They said, we're, this is what they said, we're sorry, Mr. Anderson, we want you to stay here. They gave me another key. Went back up 17 flights of stairs, put it in. It didn't work. Went down again. How many flights? <laughs> You're right. Went to the front desk, I said, this didn't work either. They said, they were very apologetic. She said, I'll go with you. She went with me. 17 flights up. Went, pulled out the card. I looked at her and said, oh, there's an arrow. Turned it around. Put it in. I said, it works. Boy, did I feel smart. See, don't, don't give me a formula for hearing God. Tell me it's a relationship, and I might be able to do that. But I, I'm, not good at, I'm not good at formulas. Eli didn't sit him down and tell him, this is how you do it. He said, when he speaks, you say, I'm listening. And that's the second thing. He, that's the one thing that he told him to do. Someone once asked me, how do you hear from God? And I said, you know, I'm not real sure, but one thing you've got to do is shut up. <laughs> because it's very difficult for two people talking at the same time to hear each other, unless you're Italian. And then you might be able to... 
<laughs> and so what I want to do, if it's time to listen, I don't want to talk. So I'll tell you what I do, and I do this almost every day. It's the favorite time of the day. And I'm often sitting where Big John is, but now that those guys are building outside and Andrew's out there tearing up the wall, then I don't sit there. I'll have to find some other place. And sometimes in this house, it's difficult to find a quiet place. Do you understand? Yeah, it's noisy around here. So I want to I find a place. And I find a place, and I take a blank piece of paper and a pen, and that's my time to listen. I haven't always done that. But I've learned that God speaks. And I'm not going to tell you the, the technique, but I'm going to tell you how some ways that he speaks to me. Sometimes he speaks by directing me to a scripture. And I may open that scripture, and it may open really open up for me. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes it takes a lot of work for to really get it open up. Sometimes he'll he'll direct my thoughts in a certain direction. Kyle, you we were talking earlier about this, and you said something that I think was really helpful to people. Would you say that as loud as you can? If you want to, you can come up here and say it. Sure, that doesn't matter to me. Okay, right here I can say it. Okay, say it. Come in, come in the mic. Okay. Yeah, Kyle. Here he is! Come on. What was interesting for me was hearing the voice of God was it, it kind of took people speaking into my life and saying, hey, you really do hear from God. And I was like, I do? Um, and how it works out for me, especially in this situation, was one part of my gifting and calling is, is worship leading. I know, you might find that kind of strange or unbelievable. But, um... <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, is that there's been time after time where people have confirmed, wow, that's exactly what I was going to be speaking on. How did you know? I'm, I didn't. No one told me. I just kind of knew. And it just seemed like time after time it was like, oh, apparently I'm listening from God, even though it's not like I know I'm hearing from God, but it's, it's God speaking. So I, I, I feel like that can bring hope to anybody like God's probably speaking to you just you might not even realize it what does it say in John 10 his sheep yeah and so I would encourage you to express confidence in your ability to hear if you're always saying I don't hear nothing from God well that may be a self-fulfilling prophecy but if you're saying, you know, I love to hear God's voice, and I think I'm hearing from God, it will increase your faith. And, you know, the faith believe, uh, faith pleases God more than doubt does. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, if, if you are saying, I, I love to hear your voice, and I know I can hear your voice, you'll hear His voice. And you probably already have. My dad was prophesying before he knew it was prophecy. And some of the things I'd entered into the spirit before he did, and I, uh, he was much more mature than I was, but 
I said, Dad, you're prophesying. He said, really? I said, that is prophecy. Some of you have prophesied without knowing it. So you can all hear His voice. That is the, uh, the joy of being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit is a communicating Spirit. When the Spirit comes, He communicates to us and through us. I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall... Prophesy. Just happens. The Spirit wants to communicate, wants to get the Word out, wants to get the message out, and He does it to you and He does it through you. Jesus said He will bear witness of me. He will take what is mine and He'll give it to you. So within us, like Andy, you said this earlier, about how the Spirit within us gives us such comfort, such encouragement, right here, not there, right here, speaking to us. No one can counsel like the Holy Spirit Counselor. No one can comfort us when we need comfort. No one. It's nice to have people with skin on, but the Holy Spirit can comfort us. And so I'm sitting there. Sometimes it's a time of comfort. So He directs my thoughts, and I have a renewed mind, so I can believe when I'm listening in quiet, I get thoughts. Probably 95% of the time they're from the Lord. Just a thought comes into my mind. It was unpremeditated. At least 95% of the time. I write them write them down. Sometimes it's remembrance to 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 do something. Remember, remember somebody that I need to call. Oh, thank you. I would have forgotten that. So God helps me. Maybe bring on the milk, you know. But it's something that He helps me. He's, he's helping me when I listen to Him. So I feel like I don't have time not to listen. Yeah. If I don't listen, I'll waste time. But if I give time to Him to listen, He speaks to me. He encourages me. So I encourage you to do it. Sometimes it comes in a picture. Anybody get pictures when they're praying or praying for other people? You know, pictures are formed in your mind. And when they come, don't don't dissect them with a the hacksaw of reason. Just... Just step back. It's like a political cartoon. It means something. It means something to you. And God can help you to understand. If you get something for somebody else, you don't have to tell them the picture. But ask yourself, what does that mean to me? Why did I get that picture? Now, maybe you can give them the picture. If it doesn't mean anything to you, maybe it does to them. But I think more often, with me at least, He's given me a picture to help me understand something that I'm supposed to say to them, whether I give them the picture or not. Sometimes they'll give me a word, but not as much as a lot of other people I know. So God speaks in a variety of ways. Can you think of all the way, potential ways that God can get through to you? He can give you a dream. He can speak to you through other people. He can speak to you through skeptics, through unbelievers. He spoke to the wise men through astrology. I'm not into astrology. And God can use anything He wants to. He used skeptics reading from this book. But thou, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou art least among the tribe of Israel, from you shall come forth one who is to be ruler over all of Israel. That was spoken by people who were five miles from the king and couldn't care less. And they were skeptical about it. And yet that spoke to the wise men who had gotten off track because they assumed that Jesus, the king, would be born in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. So they left the star. They weren't listening. 
they weren't looking, they assumed. And when we assume, we miss out. We think, I've heard from God. I know. I can, I can move in this direction. If, we're not, if we haven't listened, you know, we can miss it. So, he told him to listen. So, that's what I'm encouraging you to do. At some point in your day, you can do it in the car. You can do it at work. But I, I'd sure encourage you to develop a habit of listening. And it may just become the, your most important part of the day, your happiest part of the day. Third thing Eli said was the focus that I have on guidance. Speak, Lord. Your servant, your little servant is listening. See, it's God's ability. And our focus in hearing God is on the God who speaks, not on my ability to listen. The focus in guidance is on the God who guides, not on me who needs to know the way. I don't need to know the way. I need to know the next step. That's all I need to know. If I take one step, that's all I need. Because oftentimes, His guidance is progressive. It's geographical. And I take a step, and then it's, it's, the next thing becomes more clear to me. So, I don't pray, let me know the way. Remember Abraham? He went out and he didn't know where he was going. Don't you have many times where you're not, where you don't know where you're going? I don't know where Communitas is going. I don't know where my ministry is going. It's a good ride, though. It's a good journey. I like, I like where we're going, just not real sure where it is. And I feel like Abraham often. And I sometimes feel a little insecure. When Graham Cook was here, we had dinner at the house, and then he was leaving. This was a few years ago. I said, you know, I, as I look at the ministry, I feel a little insecure. He said, I'd be concerned if you didn't. <laughs> Imagine Abraham leaving everything he knew for something he didn't know. He was looking for a city that builder that had foundations. whose builder and maker was God. And there's certainly some insecurity that rose up within him. But I'd rather have the insecurity with God than security without Him, wouldn't you? Yes. So I want to hear His voice. I want to listen to God. Maybe your best time is in the morning, maybe it's in the evening. We're not looking for the best time. You look for your best time. I'm not telling you the best time because it wouldn't work for you. That's why I don't want to tell you a technique. Because God speaks to us like a lover. And lovers have little things, little innuendo. It's not all about speech. It can be about a gesture. It can be about unspoken things. Can you sometimes sense God's presence or God saying something? You don't know what He's saying, but you know it's something good. He's just affirming, I'm with you. I care about you. And sometimes He's playful. I worship a playful God. Sometimes it's fun what He does. Can anybody say amen to that? Can you understand that at times He does that? He's playful. He's, he's not always serious. So, I like that He said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We're children of the Father and servant of the Lord. In the salutation from Paul, he says, Grace and peace be unto you from God our 
Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Before a Lord, we're a servant. Before a Father, we're a child. Sons and daughters. And both, we fly with two wings. We need to understand both. As servants, we have no no uh, rights, only responsibilities. And here is this young boy who's a servant, moving from independence to dependence, from reason to revelation. It doesn't mean we throw away our brain. It means that it's just may not help us in the situation. And Solveig has just as good an opportunity to hear from God as I do, who's had four years of seminary. I have no advantage over her. I have no advantage over you. It's those who can dial down and forget the analysis and be like little kids and say like young Samuel. Don't know how old he was. Speak, Lord. Do you know that the Lord so taught him to hear his voice that Scripture says God let none of his words fall to the ground. Oh God, I'm sorry that some of my words are not good words. Some of my words fall to the ground. But I would like to hear so much. You know what 1 Peter 4 says? It says, let him who speaks speak as it were the very oracles of God. Well, I'd like to speak like God is speaking. And that can happen so that people's hearts are broken, so they long to repent and give in to the Lord. I want to repent tonight of not being a good listener. I want God to touch my heart and say, Paul, I want to share some things with you. You need to listen more. You need to open the eyes or the ears of your heart and listen. Anybody wants to join me, you join me now as I pray. Heavenly Father, I know there are many times that you've spoken to me about me, about my need. And I missed it. And pride overtook me. I was cocky and thinking about myself. As if life revolved around me and I missed a chance and you resisted me. I know there were times that you wanted to speak to me about someone else and I wasn't listening and I missed it. And they missed it because I wasn't in a place where I was ready to hear. Oh, Father, I pray for myself and for my brothers and sisters here. I believe there are many, maybe everybody, who wants to hear your voice. And they want to come to the place where you take them into your confidence. Psalm 25 says that the Lord confides in those who fear Him. Amos 3 says He does nothing, but He reveals His plans to His servants, the prophets. I would love to have God say, Paul, I want to share something with you about what I'm going to do. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you, Father? Would you just put your hands on your ears? Oh, God. Oh, God. Please touch our ears tonight.
so that we can hear from you. Please forgive us for those things that we've heard we don't want to hear. We want to push out those other messages. And we want your message to come in. Not loud and clear, but we know that often it comes quiet and clear. As crystal clear as it needs to be. So please, Holy Spirit, stir it up in our hearts and cause us to hear you in these days. I pray that in these next few days that you will confirm this message in the hearts of my brothers and sisters by having them hear some things that really excite them, that give them a real fresh delight in you. I want to do one more thing. Put your hand on the shoulder. It's okay with the person next to you. Just put your hand on the shoulder. You're outside. Find somebody outside. Put your hand on somebody. God often stirs the spirit up just through touch. Simply through touch. We call that incarnational. God incarnate. Carne. In uh, when we go to Brazil, they say carne. That's flesh. That's meat. Incarnational. He's in flesh. And God comes through a brother or sister just through a touch. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come now through this simple means and stir up whatever you want to stir in our hearts? Maybe you want to stir up healing for some. Maybe some need healing. You want to stir it up right in them. Right now. Stir up healing. Oh God. Stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit in people, Lord. Stir up prophecy. You are the spirit of prophecy. Prophesy through us to others. Give us messages for others, oh God. Give a message to people here who thought I, I could never do that. Lord, give them confidence in the Spirit that they can speak your words to other people. According to needs, or people that really need to be comforted tonight, would you comfort them, Holy Spirit? Comfort their hearts. You want to just whisper a word to Somebody near you, just whisper a prayer before we close it. break, uh, you're welcome to stay in this room and have small words for a moment. What time is it, by the way?
Pardon? 946. Okay. We're going to have, uh, bite you to, to spin a moment. Spin, a, spin around. We put two or three. Four is too many. Two or three. And uh, just pray, pray for one another about hearing. Share a little bit, but mainly for prayer. When we break, there's food in here. Did we mention about bathrooms tonight? The downstairs is not open. It's cluttered. We're uh, actually Eric and Drew are moving into this place for a little while, so they're uh, getting the downstairs ready. So we'll be downstairs later, but we're not going to use the downstairs bathroom. So the bathroom right here is for the guys, and the bathroom upstairs is for the girls. If you violated that, you're forgiven. <laughs> And if you do it, if you do it wrong, and oh, I thought that was for the guy. That's okay. But anyway, this this one tonight be for guys upstairs. Be for girls. There's an offering, a box, a beautiful box on a table. If you're not new and you've been coming here and you want to sow into the ministry in some way to um, help people and help buy food and. Uh, doesn't go to us, it goes to the ministry, then you're welcome to give to that. Any other announcements that you needed to make and I didn't give you an opportunity? Okay. Pardon? Okay. You can stand up, sit down, five, five, five. You can, um, just 30 seconds or less, and real loud. Okay, so just this weekend, um, if you want more information, you can come talk to me. There's, um, It's a national weekend of prayer and fasting for trafficking and basically biblical, like, with the heart of biblical justice in mind. Um, there's awareness night at a friend's house in Cambridge, um, and people are welcome, but um, it's just going to be a movie and prayer and talking about exactly what does biblical justice mean. If you want more information, come talk to me. I'd, she would rather have me give her number out and information one by one as opposed to just releasing it to everybody. So yeah. if you're interested, let me know. And give it to us and we'll put it on the update. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. If you haven't signed up yet and you're new and you want to, where's the list? Where has it there? There it is over here. If any other new well, people... Do we announce our retreat yet? Hey, go ahead. Hey, October 10th. Real loud. Communitas oh retreat October 10th. It's going to be at North uh, North Heights, and it's not going to be overnight, which we've done in the past. It's just going to be one Saturday from 10 a.m. to midnight. It's going to be $15 to sign up, which includes your meals for the day. Uh, we're going to have a sign-up sheet next week. And um, we're going to be teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, the character and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so cultivating a life of character along with gifting. And so see Tony or I will pass around a sheet and, uh, and Andy. And, and if you have any questions, let us know. I uh, look forward to having you all. It's going to be a blast. So Good deal. We'd love to have some of your new people come. We, we have fun on these retreats. And sometimes it's harder for new people to say, hey, that's for me. It's for you. It really is for you. Okay, remember, just spin around two or three at the most, and then just pray together, support one another, hear what the needs are, learn to listen. Okay, have a good night. I'm not going to